Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every NARS? Every scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, a good friend of ours. You you you've not been on the show yet, and we, we know you from Comedy Sports Indianapolis. Uh one of probably one of the most talented performers I know. Claire Wiltshire, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, that's quite an introduction. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a long time, though, so I've declined. You, I've you really might su- gone down. That's fair. You could suck now. Seven to yeah. se- seven to eight years ago, it was. <laughs> yeah. I peaked. I was at the top. I was at the top. Um, you know, some people peak in high school. I peaked at like age thirty-three. Like Jesus. Oh, was that Jesus's peak? Just like you, yeah. Hey, you beat him. You, you're still alive. <laughs> I know, but Jesus peaked at 33, but then he immediately did not peak. Right. <laughs> right. So. And, yeah. He just had a very small window, what, from like 30 to 33. It was a very small window. Yeah, he really was riding high. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then they fucking canceled it. Yeah. What, I really, what yeah. I really love is how I just go straight off the bat by comparing myself to Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, if you didn't do Have it. Have you heard? If you didn't do it, I was gonna, so. So what what have you been up to since, cause I moved away from Indianapolis in 2015 and I think you left Indianapolis, you went somewhere else. Maybe you're back now. I don't know. I don't even know where you're at now. What have you been up to since you, since you peaked? <laughs> I'm, I'm com- coming to you live from a cave. Um, I, well, so I, uh, in 2015, that's the summer I went on my RV trip. So I went all around the country in an yeah, RV. Yeah, I remember um, that. Doing improv. And then I moved to Michigan. Um, I went to grad school to get my fancy schmancy. You can see it behind me. Oh, oh. I keep it on my shelf like a dentist. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> keep that motherfucking thing on you. So everyone knows in my background that I have a master's degree. <laughs> um, but my master's degree is in acting, so it's really like a master's degree in feelings and emotions, I like to say. Um, so I lived in Lansing for, East Lansing for three, four years. I got married while I was in, La- in Lansing. Congrats. I fell in, fell in love. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and I got married, and, um, and now I'm back in Indianapolis, because this is truly home for me. So 
I'm back and I'm working my ass off and I'm an intimacy director now. So, you know, all these sex scenes and love scenes that are in TV and movies um, and on stage and stuff, I choreograph those. And so I talk to people about their boundaries and how to stay safe and how to also make it sexy and talk about consent. It's pretty rad. So, I mean, I'm doing the same stuff that I did when I knew you last. Um, just a little bit on on a higher level, I guess, (laughs) or, or a lower one in some cases. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I did, I, I forgot until you just mentioned it, but I've seen you post stuff on Facebook or whatever. Um, I am curious about the, uh, what do you call it? An intimacy director 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 Mm -hmm. can you tell us more about that because i i think that's so fascinating to me and and i like i've heard about it at the level of like movies you know you had you go from like Mm -hmm. you know 20 30 40 years ago you've got Mm -hmm. what was that movie where marlon brando and was it marlon brando i don't know yeah i'm thinking of a specific movie where they like there was butter involved and the woman was not informed what was going to happen i i've got a butter involved yeah yeah, what? I I can't think of the specific example, but it was it was bad. It's bad. Uh, oh no! What if I googled Marlon Brando butter movie? Google Marlon. <laughs> yeah, Google Google Marlon Google Marlon Brando butter scene. You might butter scene. I think Is that like a butter like, face? Like she thought it was gonna be just like a your meat potatoes kind of intimate scene, and I <laughs> yeah. think he like he took it from oh. a two to a ten or something. Like oh, that. last last oh tango gosh. in Paris. Last tango in Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm reading about this right now. What's it oh say? my goodness. I'm I'm going to find out. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. The controversy is present right off from whatever um caused a stir in which pa- uh, Paul Marlon Brando rapes Jean Maria Schneider using butter as an improvised lubricant. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Bertolucci always maintained, Bertolucci's the director, that the scene had been prearranged and that Schneider had given her consent. However, in 2007, the actors revealed that that was not, in fact, the case, arguing that the scene had never even been in the original script and that Bertolucci had told her about it, about it a few moments before filming began. <gasps> she was so angry. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. Full. Yeah. So, so yes, that so my job is to help mitigate that is to make sure that never happens anymore because <laughs> it has gone on for way too long. Right. I never how did I never know about the butter incident? Now I feel like a horrible scholar in my field. <laughs> I don't know. That's you make sure that the actresses know about the butter at least a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to give butter notifications right. <laughs> um yeah so i do that kind of same thing for, for for stage so i mean let's say you're doing a production of three musketeers okay and this is um in comparison to like a fight choreographer or a fight mm. director yeah i'm not going to send two people out into the hallway with sharp swords and go okay make a fight and come back and show me what you've got right, right. so however for so many many years that's how we stage love scenes and kissing scenes because directors would kind of avoid it and avoid it avoid it to the last minute and tell actors go figure it out like do this kiss go figure it out and come back and show me well that's really dangerous when it comes to like power dynamics and when it comes to just feeling safe and within your own choices of what you want to do and as actors you guys know i mean we we want to be liked we want to be we want to please we want people to like our work and so it's hard for us to say no to things Mm -hmm. um and so i'm there to help people learn how to say no i'm there to help things look safe and remain sexy looking and tell the story just like a fight choreographer would say okay here's where we 
cross swords and stab, stab, stab. I'm sure that's the <laughs> yeah. lingo. I'm sure that's the lingo. For oh, yeah, yeah. Cross swords, cross swords, stab, and stab, 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 stab. So that's, that would be, that's what I do, but with love scenes instead. <laughs> That's you know I like I I I like that you met, you compare it to because it, it makes sense that it's choreography and it's something that yeah. like with fight choreography you have somebody who's specialized in that kind of thing like that makes complete sense yeah yeah I'm yeah. a movement you a professional you guys fuck <laughs> off don't you see this piece of paper I see oh shit <laughs> <laughs> that take a What's you your know question, Claire, Claire take take a picture of that and send us send that to me. That'll be that'll be the picture for our episode. We'll just be your <laughs> just my master's degree. Yes. It's all I wanted. It's really all the justification I need. Um uh, Brent, what was your question, my friend? I was just like, what if like it, I think I know the answer to this. I think I've heard something about this before, but like what if like in a scene a guy gets excited? Oh, like, that yeah. could be like are there preventative measures for that? Like yeah. Little little there tiny are. tiny there tiny shock okay, collars. There's just think. tiny little shock <laughs> collars you put at the yes. base. <laughs> I mean you've heard you've heard of a cock ring, right? Except <laughs> this way, it's like it's a with shock a shock ring. On the end. A shock ring. What? Say it Sorry, go ahead, Claire. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, so, okay, the answer is yes, there are preventative measures, and no, they are not torture devices, so there, you can use barriers, so, um, picture, like, a, a yoga mat kind of material, a little bit thick, but kind of bendy, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. you can make kind of a, a barrier for the guy to, like, wear down his pants, so not only does it kind of, if that were to happen, if the guy were to be aroused, and we call it um, a vascular reaction, if that were to happen in the moment, the um the yoga mat kind of just desensitizes things so it wouldn't really happen very well i mm. guess and if it were to happen it wouldn't be super noticeable like under a costume or something like that so there's a barrier there's a thing called a modesty garment where you kind of like tape everything down and put it in a pouch kind of like i called it like a little crown royal bag um <laughs> where you just kind of put everything in a little flesh colored crown royal bag and tape it down so it doesn't show yeah. and there's all kinds of, I mean, and it's, I, I learned how to have those conversations, right? With actors who are super nervous that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's also a really real thing that can happen. It's just something that physically happens to our bodies. And so it's my job to talk about those things transparently and without awkwardness and for yeah. people to just kind of be able to do what they need to do. And I'm there to be the kind of weird sponge that soaks up all the awkward feelings. And there are always a lot of awkward feelings. Trust me. <laughs> I've gotten really good at having awkward conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Do you, do you have any examples <laughs> yeah. of, of shows you've worked on where, where you've, uh, you know, done this kind of thing or, um, yeah. Yeah. Any specific kind of conversations you might've had or, or things you've had to deal with in this role? So, <laughs> so I worked on a student film, um, at MSU. It wasn't actually, that's wrong. It wasn't a student film. It's a directed by a professional filmmaker who is kind of making a name for herself. So, but it was a short film and two students were in it. Uh, so that's why I keep calling it a student film when I refer to it. But, um, it was about these two, uh, two young people who had vowed to wait until marriage to have sex, but they were like art students. Right. And, and, um, this the young woman is being drawn and the man's drawing her and it's all very like flirty sexy and they zoom in on her like true love waits ring like her purity <laughs> ring and it's both of them just like trying like not to do it so 
at the time that those two students were also um, not my students, but in my department. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple of students that I had to like arrange some modesty garments on to these poor young people who were like this, I know you, you know, it wasn't like I was anonymous on set. Right. So I had to do that, which was really interesting. And I mean, I loved it because the more opportunities I get to talk to, especially I say young people, like I'm a youth pastor, (laughs) the more opportunities I get to talk to young people about shame and how like shame is like to let go of shame, et cetera. I loved doing that. But then again, like I also find myself in a room like for Rocky horror where I'm just choreographing two people humping Mm -hmm. in a cartoonish way, knowing that there's like a sight gag coming of these like boobs coming out that are like in silhouette and they're like, sandbags that are being batted around so it's like making sure this actress feels okay and somebody is also sitting right next to her because it's part of like a shadow illusion so you got to do all this stuff while someone's in really close proximity to you it's just like it takes so much glamour and sexiness out of it Mm -hmm. but the audience doesn't care they don't see that they don't know right they just want to see it and go "Ooh, (laughs) i like that's pretty sexy um yeah would i I get would i get my own yoga mat like I would be able to keep it, right? I yeah, done. I would provide. I would. I would provide it for you. I'd probably even like cut it out for you and say, if you need to adjust the shape of this, <laughs> please feel free, and then you can have it. You would, like as a little souvenir if you wanted it. <laughs> for the next I would show. probably just bring a whole roll of yoga mat and then just like cut it out like cookies. Like every time you needed a fresh one, I'd be right there for you. <laughs> <laughs> you could you had people sign it, and then you could put it on your wall next to your diploma. <laughs> Like Willie Mays Hayes in uh, in Major League when he puts the, all the gloves up on his wall. <laughs> for every base he steals, he puts the glove up. And so for every for every uh, hump I choreograph, sign my barrier. And then it gets weird, though. Then there's, like, odors, and yeah. I don't think I'd want to do that. I'd have to put it in, like, a food dehydrator. And <laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's why, you know, you want to get somebody like you, Claire, who you're going to do it yeah. the right way, rather than you don't want to work on a set where you have to share little yoga mat cutouts with other guys, right? You don't have to be passing I mean, around. listen, the arts are constantly in budget cuts, but that's yep. what I'm going to keep fighting for. It's like everyone gets their own penis barrier. Everyone gets their own. A little penis uh, sheath. <laughs> it's the little things, right? I mean, who needs health insurance? As long as you get your little yoga mat with that's, that's cut custom to your crotch uh, that you can initial and remember forever put it in a frame yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. it's pretty it's pretty great it's, it's it's more honestly it's like it's more education than anything these days because it is such a new field mm-hmm. i mean it's happening on broadway and it's happening on hollywood on yeah hollywood in hollywood but i mean we're in the middle of america where everyone's just like too nice to say that they feel weird about stuff so to even hire me is nice. a huge feat it just means that i have to have meeting after meeting explaining exactly why I'm there and why I need to be informed and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's a lot of me talking. It's a lot of me informing yeah. people. That, that makes yeah. sense that the Midwest might be like one of the most difficult places to do that job. I, I could have, yeah. I, I could see that being the case. My entire, my entire application when I was going for my certification, my entire application was built on the premise of being Midwest nice right. and how it's a good thing in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways like this, it's not because we just kind of gloss over safety and assume everybody feels good because we're just nice. Right. right. And everybody's right. a little too polite to speak up. And 
see what they need. And a lot of people don't know what they need because they've never even been asked what they need. Right. So it's, it's, it's a fascinating field. It's really interesting to be there at the forefront of it. I mean, the people who founded the field and the industry, I mean, it's been done for years and years, but without like any kind of shared language or vocabulary. Right. But the people who founded the field are teaching me. I right. mean, that's like Stanislavski teaching his like first two or three <laughs> groups of people in acting. And then now, you know, we now we still learn that method like fucking 200 years later. Right. And so this is it's interesting because people don't know anything about it. So we're just constantly having conversations like this. And yeah. I didn't think I'd have a conversation like this on this podcast when I'm here to discuss this film. But I'm happy. No. To have well, a conversation and, always. Well, and something you said kind of made me think of like art imitating life. Cause, you know, you mentioned people not knowing because they've never been asked what they want or what they need or whatever. That seems like a case of art imitating life. Because I feel like uh, a lot of people have that experience in life as well. Uh, you know, that yeah. They've just never been asked, like, what are you good with? What are you comfortable with? What do you want? You know? Absolutely. And and being able to ask that, like, in a rehearsal room with people is really awesome. Even if I don't get good answers, and I usually don't, but yeah. uh, because people just don't know what to say. But what I'm hopefully doing is, like, just kind of, cre- like, hitting the first domino in the stack of, like, what their life will be when it comes to actually being able to communicate and talk about what they need and what they can't do or don't want to do or feel traumatized by i mean a lot of this work too is like i'm about to go i'm about to go intimacy direct a show that is like about incest and like molestation and stuff and like that's hard for anybody even the most resilient person to go and be in a room where you're rehearsing that every night so it's my job to go in and say hey here's what's happening and here's how we can go into this fully informed and take care of each other so hopefully i'm just kind of setting the the scene to make people just feel more heard, you right. know? Or yeah. Or just normalizing, like having the yes. conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Normalizing discomfort, honestly, yeah. is so much of it is normalizing, like getting uncomfortable in a room and having those conversations because you just have to like break the surface of doing it and then you're doing it and it's imperfect and it's messed up and you're going to leave and go, I totally fucked up that conversation. But the more uncomfortable conversations you have, the better you get at doing it. And so it's important. It's important work because we all think that this is a broad generalization, but we all think that being uncomfortable equals being unsafe. And that is not the same thing. So like it's sort of like the overuse of the word triggered or um, things like that. It's being abused now as like slang as something that bothers you right. rather than actually being a word that needs to be used in its, in its correct way. Whereas a lot of people, they're actually just uncomfortable what's going on with what's going on rather than feeling they're completely in, unsafe or in danger or in danger of being traumatized. Right. So it's also about educating about what that means and how mm-hmm. to use those words. It's a lot. Now that I'm saying it out loud to you, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, it's, it's really, fa- it's really fascinating. What I'm thinking about is like, if, if you had never done, let's say like a love scene before mm. and you like signed up for it and you were like, yeah, that's fine. And even if it was like the a very like vanilla sort of like love scene, I'm sure it's a different feeling once you're there, you know. Like, Absolutely. And then, then there be there should be someone there to like check in, like be like, "Are you still cool with this?" You know, yeah. right? You right. Know, and it, and also giving them the uh, permission to say no if they're not, and to figure out how else we can tell that story, right? If if this scene calls for this 
certain action like oh it says here like you put your hand down someone's pants let's say that and suddenly the person who was supposed to do that is like I'm not I can't today I'm not feeling it like that's a boundary for me today I'm just not I'm not there mentally and I can't do it well then I go to them and I go to the director and I was like okay how else can we tell the story what other moves can we use to make sure that the same like vibe is there and the same story is there and that the actor feels like it's something they can do every night because it's also my job to create moves that are repeatable you can do every time it's you can do one awkward horrible thing for one night maybe but to have to do that over and over and over yeah, yeah. sometimes that gets hard so and i kind of picture is like if it was a movie like the hand starts to go towards the pants and then it like cuts to like a target mannequin with jeans on <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly just to make sure exact. yeah like no, no people this is not what, yeah. even mannequins get to consent they get to consent <laughs> even if it's missing the torso it's still you have it, to ask the yeah. <laughs> It's but there is a thumb going like this yeah like, like just sit on top you know, where the spine would be there's a thumb on top <laughs> Way to go! You put your hand on my plastic pants. <laughs> well, no, you made me. You made me think of. Uh, there's a scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia where I, I haven't seen this episode, but I've seen the clip where Danny DeVito comes. He's naked and he's like birthed out of a couch or something. Have you seen this clip? <laughs> he he like comes out of a couch, and uh-uh. I guess Danny DeVito said he read the script. He thought it was hilarious. He was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be hilarious. Whatever." So they get to the, they go to like film the scene that day and Danny DeVito's like, oh, I have to actually like strip down and climb through the, and he was like, it didn't hit him until he was like there to film the scene where he was like, he was like, oh shit, this is like a real thing I got to do now, you know? Yeah. And imagine having to put a modesty garment and a a crown velvet, crown, Crown, royal crown. Royal (laughs) crown. Yeah, <laughs> a crown royal bag on Danny DeVito's junk. Somebody—that was somebody's job. Yeah, That's you know, it's, job. I I hope it was shaped like a little top hat, right? Like in all the uh, in all the uh, uh, yep. Tim Burton movies he does. Yes, he's, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's yeah. that little man with the hat. I love Danny DeVito. I oh, he's love great. Yeah, him so much. What is not to love about that little short nugget of a man? <laughs> yeah, he's, oh, he's so great. <laughs> but what are you drinking, Brent? Um, Pinot Grigio. Oh yes, very classy. How about I you? love it. I'm drinking a bourbon. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's yeah. very nice. classy as well. It's not expensive. <laughs> Corey, what brand of grape soda are you drinking? Oh. Uh, you know, I've got uh, a vodka Lacroix. I don't oh. know what is this. Yes. Nice. Uh, wheat Wheatley vodka. I don't know. Okay. A... Is it flavored? No, no, just regular vodka. But the LaCroix is, what's your flavor oh, of LaCroix? Uh, the LaCroix is Guava Sao Paulo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what is That's that not what I thought it was. Okay. I don't know. That's cool. What, is that, what does that look like? I don't know. What is that? Uh, passion fruit? Papaya? I don't know. What is that? Is that a oh, pa- that's a Okay, I know if there's one thing I know, this drink isn't fucking butternut squash flavored. <laughs> that's the that wrongest. That's the wrongest guess you could make. <laughs> I was gonna say it looks like tapioca. Maybe it's tapioca flavored. Yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah, I thought I assumed it was pamplemousse because when I see a Lacroix, I always think of pamplemousse. Oh, pamplemousse! Don't they have a flavor of pamplemousse? 
Like, they do. Like, yeah. What the hell is that? I don't know. What is, is that? Is that grapefruit? I gotta look. Now gotta you know. Look what, let's look, look like it up. Fucking! <laughs> 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 it's fucking French for something. <laughs> everything still do you ever do that are you like a grandpa i google everything oh, yeah. every five sure. seconds yeah, yeah. All, all the time oh, it's a pom- it's a pomelo okay what's that oh, nice it's a pomelo it's like a grapefruit oh no it is grapefruit grapefruit is pomplamous in french nice yeah yeah nice okay you know Sorry, I, I just... no i i i google words that i use all of the time just to like yeah. verify the meaning i'm like i know what this word means i've used mm-hmm. it a million times However, mm-hmm. I'm still yep. going to Google the definition just to make sure I'm using the right word here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Am I trying to say condescend or am I trying? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Or, or sanctimonious, you know. Or sanctimonious. <laughs> yes. Or yeah, I forget how to say this. <laughs> this one word that's like, um, if, so, if, if you're going to talk about someone who's like knowledgeable about something, like you would say like, oh, they have like the where for all. Nope. The, the where, wherewithal. 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 Yeah, I always yeah. like confuse it, and I always like look it up. I love it. it. You're thinking of where for all thou. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're thinking Shakespeare, which is also highbrow. So good job. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, reminds me. So one of my favorite tweets I've I've read uh, on comedy Twitter is someone was like, uh, someone was like, werewolf, boring. Who cares? Where are they? Who knows? But when wolf? When's it gonna happen? Full moon? Maybe not a full moon? Who knows? <laughs> Fucking wind wolf. wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Wind wolf. Is there another Twitter besides comedy Twitter? Isn't it all comedy Twitter now? No, no, no. There's a oh. well. There, there's like there's there's comedy Twitter. That any niche you could find. There's there's uh you know like scientist Twitter. There's black Twitter. There's uh fucking it like anything you would but want with the tw- but with the twitter like l- like i'm not landmark the twitter uh what the fuck trademark uh-huh it's called yeah. like comedy twitter like trademark no it's, it's a niche it's, of twitter like a subreddit kind yes. of yeah but there it's it's a very loose definition that you know there's okay, okay there's okay. like comedy twitter joke twitter like i i straddle the line between like joke twitter and political Twitter. So like I'll get people who follow me because of political shit that I say, but then I'll yeah. make like a dick joke and they will unfollow me. And then mm. I'll, I'll get people who follow me for the dick joke, but then like I'll make a political statement and they will unfollow me. So I'm constantly like, I'm, I'm, I'm at this equilibrium of followers who like, yeah. Yeah. you're like floating in the, in the middle layer there. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I don't lose them for one thing, I'll lose them for another. Um, okay. But but with this whole Elon Musk thing, well, that was my question about like, isn't it all comedy Twitter because it's a shit show? It's Corey. a shit. Well, and a lot of people, at least from comedy Twitter, are migrating to this new app called Mastodon. <laughs> Have you heard? I've heard of this and know nothing about it. I I I I made the move a week or two ago. I'm still on Twitter. And? I like it so far. It's really it's it's not it's a decentral. So okay, so here's the di- one of the main differences is it's not a top-down corporate structure like twitter it's not profit driven it's it's a decentralized like and when you it's not i don't think it was complicated at all it was pretty easy to sign up but when you sign up you have to 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 choose a server and it doesn't matter what server you choose at all it really doesn't matter 
but but you're actually on a server that's run by some random person who's running that Mastodon instance, and that's where your account resides. So you're explaining this so horribly. I know. No, I am. No, it, that's the thing. It, it sounds a lot more. It sounds a lot more complicated than Twitter. But really, when like, you sign up, it's like the same thing. You just like put in some shit, and boom, you're there. Like, uh. I would rather do anything else than join that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I totally get it. But no, but uh, but I but it's been interesting. Like over the last week or so, like watching people from Twitter like migrate to Mastodon. You know. Yeah, I have heard a little bit that people are making that move. Um, I just, you know, I'm I'm still hesitant to even get a TikTok because I just don't need to scroll one more thing. I haven't, yeah. I haven't tweeted in years, and um, I, and I Instagram and I Facebook occasionally, not not as much as I used to, but uh, yeah, it's like too many things. It's yeah. too many things. Although I completely understand the appeal, completely. I can sit here and shit all over social media, and also in the same breath go, but it's a fantastic fucking tool, and I love like, it. A I lot. get to post my house plants. I love my plants. I have. I so do too. Plants. I like your plants too. Thank you. I actually just came. I just came across an old picture that was like two of my plants, and I commented. It was from six years ago, and I commented on the. Um, on the caption of like my two plants are thriving, which is an absolute shock. That was six years ago, and, and here I am. Here I. They're am still going. Just oh yeah, they still are. In fact, those nice. two have been split into many and have had babies. And <laughs> when I got married, I um, when I got married, I took the little, I made little starters and gave those away to like a bunch of friends as like a little present. And yeah. I've got, I'm a regular. You're like a fish, now. like giving birth. Like. <laughs> Like I am like a fish caviar. giving birth. <laughs> I'm just like a fish giving birth. That's exactly right. Exactly. Today actually is my is a my anniversary of my vasectomy. Oh, congratulations! Okay. How many I years? My, um, I guess twelve. Twelve. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, almost ten. Ten years. Ten. Okay. Right. No, I got it after I, my daughter. I, like, I remember you were like live. You were like, uh, I don't. You were putting it out on Facebook when it happened. I think. Or, yeah, that's the thing. On Facebook today came this video from. I must have shared it. Yeah, like like ten years ago, and it was me in the waiting room, like sitting next to Kara, and they had given us one of those travel DVD players that you give a kid the back of the car, <laughs> and they had the DVD playing of this man. And this man is explaining like what the vast deference does and what this thing, you know, if you're not, if you're, if you're at all unsure about this procedure, definitely don't do it. <laughs> and it, and it was just like, I was just recording this, like this video and that was so scary. I was so scared. Yeah. Were you afraid? Uh, what? Were you afraid? Yeah, dude. But then was it like nothing? Cause my husband yeah. has one. Too. He got a vasectomy and he was like, yeah. it was like, he was nervous too. And he was like, it was like nothing. <laughs> Yeah, they gave me a Valium, and that helped a whole lot. Sure, and, I mean... It, it hurt, but I think I was more just, like, laughing. Yeah. I, get, I get real laughy when I get scared. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, because you're like, everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. So I remember there, there, were, there were all these, um, um, what are the forceps? Sure. All these forceps, and then they're all silver, and then the one on the very far right of me was gold. Oh. And I thought, like, is that a special? I hope does that have a special purpose? Like, yeah, does that he used the gold on the ones he likes the most. 
He's like, that is a beautiful scrotum. I'm going to use the gold ones. I'm going to use the gold ones. Yeah. I just remember in the waiting room were all these dudes like who were well into their 50s with like the infant carrier next <gasps> to them because yeah. they had had their mistake, you know? And they were like, oh, better go do this. <gasps> yeah. Never again. Yeah. So I was real happy to be like my age and be like, yeah, cool. Family plan. Family plan. <laughs> Isn't it great how you get to watch a video and they are like, hey, let's like make this procedure so you can't have children. And yet for women, it's like, um, we won't let you do it unless you have permission from like these six people and you've written a whole diary entry about it. And like, it's just so fucked up and stupid. Yeah, we had our kids. Well, Kara gave birth at St. Francis Hospital. You can't Mm. get... And because it would be so much easier. Like she had C-sections, right? And they wouldn't wouldn't tie the tubes there. Yeah, and, and, and that's a whole other outside procedure. So I was like, I'll for sure get someone to, you know, knife my ball. Like that's what. We do. <laughs> <laughs> knife, you know? yeah, get a knife Just ball. Knife the ball, man. Let's do it. I'll watch this. I'll watch this DVD. Yeah, with the left and the right nut. Take them both. Don't need them. Take them both. Who needs? That's what they do, right? They just take a pair of scissors and they just cut yeah. across. Cut them right off. Yeah. yeah. It's like Game of Thrones situation. Like you just suddenly become an unsullied. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Are, do you not watch Game of Thrones, Brent? No, I thought you were talking about the miracle on the Hudson. <laughs> what? What? You get unsullied. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's like you hit that fucking bridge. That yeah. Be no, unsullied. they cut off. They cut off your little. God. They cut off your little Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get. They get your balls. Get cast away. <laughs> opportunity to pivot to, to the movie we're talking about but um, it's going so well it's, no well, i wanted i wanted to say that the 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 predecessor to danger to uh, uh head cannon was a podcast we did before called danger explosion which yes. you, you were a guest on at least once a couple times i think just once i was in your garage just the once Brent's garage okay yeah. yeah you'd remember that and yeah think, and i was very proud of the one like joke that i still make and that still like lives today and yeah. i'll santa never is it? it's the santa yep. joke and i will never do better than that i will never do better than That's, that so, guys that, i truly peaked that I moment is peaked. that moment is when you peaked <laughs> Yeah, that's well, because I because I was that's exactly what I was going to bring up, because I remember we were talking about human centipede and then we were talking about Christmas. But then you just like you perfectly tied everything together with a human centipede joke. And it was probably the funniest (laughs) moment on any episode of Danger Explosion we've ever done. Like it was so anything was said for many seconds. It was a while. No one could get words out. It was just, well, you, I mean, we were laughing, but I was mostly just like, I think I left my body like momentarily because <laughs> I just don't make those kinds of like, w- like play on word jokes ever. It just never happens naturally for me. I'm not pun witty like that. And it just, it happened and it was like, I was possessed for a moment. Wow. That's what peaking feels like. No, I know. There it is. Ugh, I tapped in. There it is. Yeah, there it is. So it don't is. expect much guys. No, no. Okay. Well, and, and right, speaking good. of possession. Uh, I 
I had no idea this was a possession movie. I had because I because we because the goal, Claire, was to choose a movie that you knew nothing about. But yes, I also I really knew nothing about this movie either when we chose it. Okay. So okay. What I, about you, Brent? Did you know it? No. And is that true, Claire? You did not. You've never you'd never seen it. I knew nothing. And when because um, Corey and I were talking, I was like, would it be more fun to do a movie that I know a ton about? Because there were maybe like four or five movies on that list that I could have really riffed on for a long time or do you want me just go in blind and just pick one of the name and he's like i've conferred with brent choose one that you know nothing about and so that one i was like oh the the name is intriguing and of course from the name i picture some kind of like period piece right it felt it was supposed to be very like like a lot of candlelight and probably some you know like some like velvet fucking dresses and shit but no no yeah (laughs) Yeah. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really, I'm gonna be really honest with you. Before I watched this movie, I watched it two nights ago. I took an edible, and I was watching it, and I was like, "This is a horrible idea." Because my short-term memory, if I'm a little bit um, under the influence, I'm like, it goes out the window. <laughs> it's a it's like a joke in our house where I'd like go into the kitchen for. I literally in five seconds, I'm going to get some peanut butter. I'll go in there five seconds later. I'm like, what was I doing in here? It's stupid. (laughs) So I wrote a bunch of notes on my phone. Nice. Nice. (laughs) All I have are like, I mean, I remember the movie. I'm not, you know, it's not, it's, it's not gone dust to the wind. I remember it, but I have a lot of thoughts. And the final thought I had was I need to watch this again. And I didn't (laughs) watch it again. Yeah. Um, so it was fun to just like go in with a completely fresh. I didn't yeah. look at any sort of trailers. I didn't look at any sort of synopses or any taglines. I just was like, Cam, who's my husband, I was like, I got to watch this movie for this podcast. You want to watch it? And he's like, sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, and, and so I like, go. and I knew, so we're talking about The Black Coat's Daughter, uh, yes. which, which I knew was a very highly regarded movie from 2015. I've heard a lot of people included in like some of their best movies lists, like, I knew it was a highly regarded movie, but I really didn't. Oh. I didn't know anything about it. I, you know, but you knew it had been well received. Correct. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's about all that I knew. So then you sent me the list of like five or six movies that you weren't very familiar with, and I was like reading a little bit about the movies, but not too much because I didn't want to spoil it for myself either. And I thought I was like, okay, this might be just knowing you as I, you know, as I do, I was like, this might be the best fit for something Claire might appreciate. And then, like, toward the end where there's just, like, that brutal stabbing, I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, this, I don't know, because I know you're not a huge fan of horror. I was like, that might be a little yeah. much for Claire. That's not. That's, <laughs> but it wasn't overly scary. No, and I did appreciate nice. that. I did, I yeah. did appreciate that. And I thought, so I, as I was watching it, I was like, um, I think this is, it's a lot of it felt student film to me. Yeah. Um, some of the shots felt very student film and I have some notes about that, but, um, by the end I was, it, it ended abruptly. And, and I admittedly, I do not have the breadth of knowledge about like styles and, and like homages that are paid in this genre, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of like gleaned from the film, like, oh, I think this is. Like, this is obviously purposeful and is supposed to feel this and that way, but I also was looking at it from this outside perspective of, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, And so, after the movie, I 
ended up looking at some like reviews and some mm-hmm. um, some synopses and just some like ending explain kind of fun stuff. And yeah. <laughs> and my my statement was something like, I think I was supposed to like this more than I did. Because <laughs> 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 when you say you knew it was acclaimed, I was like, this is acclaimed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like I I my experience was not entirely dissimilar because i like i really enjoy it i like the i like the atmospheric i i think they did a lot of great things in this movie i think the way they set things up and paid them off and uh like i said the atmosphere it creates like i i get why someone would love this movie yeah it's super moody yeah, yeah totally. like i i think it does a lot of things very well mm-hmm. but i i just <laughs> i think I don't know if I'm really a big fan of possession stories is the main is like for me, like I get people that are really into it and people who are maybe more religious and think that like, if you think possession is a real possibility, yeah, I could see how that would be scary as hell. But mm-hmm. for me, like even like the best possession movie, the exorcist, like I, the, mm-hmm. the exorcist is great. I love it, but it's not like, I don't know. It's not one of my favorite movies, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, just, yeah, I'm yeah. just not big on possession movies, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's because the possession move feels like uh it feels like a cop out to me. It feels yeah. a little much like a let's explain all this away by saying it's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Um so I totally I'm with you. I'm with you. And and um I did I did make a note i have a lot of like all caps questions um because also remember i was under the influence and so i would be like wait a minute wait a minute what <laughs> i would try i knew that i needed to capture how i was feeling in my notes so this is um <laughs> i wrote oh no she barfed really slowly is she becoming possessed <laughs> yeah the answer is yes yeah 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 totally and I didn't pick up on it, and because I feel like it was maybe a little too subtle. Yeah, but I, you know, you know? I, I I like what you said, Claire, about somebody who's like very familiar with horror. Like when you see that scene where she like contorts her body in the yes. bed, and it's very quick. And one one of the things I do love about this movie is how there are like all of these subtle clues throughout the movie that really, and and like you said, on a second viewing, I think you'd go back and say, yeah. That totally makes sense. I, I see Which is it. what all of those articles said. They all said you would benefit from a second viewing because the clues are everywhere. And I'm like, well, it's four ninety nine on on Amazon Prime. I'm not buying it again. <laughs> right. You gotta that's what I'm you gotta watch notes. it within the same forty eight hours. <laughs> yes, exactly. You have to watch it. I missed the window. Yeah. Yeah. I called those nighttime acrobatics when she did that in her bed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the nighttime acrobatics for sure. Yeah, sorry, I interrupted. Well, again, you were that's like with about the possession like... movies. That's you know, it's they, they all kind of seem the same. You know, it's like kind of a setup, and then it ends with the girls strapped to the bed. Yeah, and then a, <laughs> and then like a you know father how, like you know how Satanist, the holy water. You know how Satanists like people like who worship at the Church of Satan, like the real one. They're like super progressive, right? Yeah. So I wonder if that would be like a great take on a <laughs> possession movie. If you're possessed by the devil and suddenly you're like, like really going to bat for like diversity <laughs> and like for legalizing marijuana, right. and like that's your yeah. possession. There's no like weird contortion. It's all just like these new philosophies about how the world can be better. <laughs> I love that. I love that. that I love that idea. concept. <laughs> Because yes. true, true Satanists are like, 
just very, uh, very like almost anarchist right. in that way. Well, yeah. and, and I, and I yeah. think I, like, I think people who are actually Satanists, I almost think, I don't know that they really believe in and worship Satan. No, I think it's yes. more of a, it's, it's a satirical religion, right? Yes, that's like, absolutely true. But it's also based in foundations of like, they actually have like a common language and common knowledge. Of, yeah. And it all is based around this this sort of rejection of the restriction of Christianity. Right. And so and, and the, yeah, the, the, the restriction great. and the, uh, uh, oppression too. Yeah. 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 For yeah. sure. It seems like an awful lot of effort to be a Satanist. Like it seems like they're putting more value in their religion than like the Christians are. Dude, I, I, Brent, you, you may have accidentally nailed like the exact problem with what it means yeah. to be a Christian in the United States. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You just don't have to try that hard. Yeah. Did you notice that everyone in this movie had weepy eyes all the time? Oh Yeah. Like, glassy, like the, weepy yeah. eyes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There was, there was so much. And I, so I thought, I was like, started to look for that. And I was like, that means something. But I didn't catch a pattern. It was just every time they zoomed in on somebody, and it was usually the girl who played Kat, the young, um, the yeah. young murderess. Uh, like, she was just always really weepy and glassy-eyed. People yeah. fucking raved about her performance. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not fun. <laughs> well, and I, I did, I gotta say, I did like the way they, because at first when, because uh, there's Kat and then Joan, Emma Roberts' character, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I didn't realize they were the first person, the same person at first, right? Like, I, 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 I like how that gets slow rolled out, and yeah. then, like, you know, maybe halfway in the movie or so. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's the same fucking person. Oh, there's a nine year difference between. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like how the movie, like, uh, you know, rations out the information it gives you very, yes. uh, you yeah. know, judiciously. I, I, you know. Yes. My, my notes, my, de- my notes say Dexter's dad is Rose's dad because the guy who played Dexter's dad is like, play, yeah, right. Yeah, I love, I, I love Dexter. Yep. Yeah. I called him Dexter's dad, so I went. Dexter's dad is Rose's dad. Is Emma Roberts the blonde girl nine years later? <laughs> that's exactly, oh, nice. yeah, that's yeah. exactly the reaction I had, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I wrote, the lady in the front seat started talking and I tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like over the top. She was over the top and I was like, you have no point, but thanks so much. Which is, did you recognize the woman? Uh, no. L- Lauren, what's her name? Lauren Holly. Uh, from she she was in Picket Fences and maybe most notably Dumb and Dumber. That was Lauren Holly. That was Lauren Holly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking it up. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you think I'm making it up? (laughs) Not at all, but I need to see for myself without paying three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's Lauren Holly. Lady seen Jim Carrey naked. (sighs) She. she Wait, has. No, he she really he, has. Bro, he might have had a little crown royal bag on, you know, like. <laughs> in all of their intimate meetings. Uh, yeah, that was Lauren Holly. I can't believe I didn't recognize her. Yeah, totally Lauren she's, Holly. She's semi-famous, as is James Remar, who played Bill, who played who was Dexter's dad. Yeah, which I I right. love James Remar. There was that one scene like where he go like he was over anxious to help, and I and and from the very beginning, you're, I, I was like suspicious of him, and then hundred like, percent. Well, and then he goes in the hotel room when she's just come out of the shower. She's got a towel on. I was like, I don't care. I don't care how good your intentions are. I'm not going to be caught 
in a hotel room with a girl 20 years younger than me in a towel. No, absolutely fucking not. Like, <laughs> Dexter's dad is the creepy dad who just comes into the room when Emma has a towel on. Right. right. I used to like put some clothes on. I'll come back in 10 minutes. Like, even, even Cam was like, who was, he was pretty stoic, right? But even Cam who's watching, he goes, oh, so, so she just lets him in. He just thinks that's okay to come in. Right. I was like, that's so weird. <laughs> Super weird. And I guess it, I mean, I guess it did the trick, right? Because it made us not trust him. It made us kind of be like, wait, there's something else at play here. Mm -hmm. And I also think that is really fascinating too, because it it kind of resists the trope of like the people you're supposed to root for and the people that you're not supposed to root for and it in a scary movie. Yeah. And when you think, Oh, that person's totally going to die and you think, Oh, he's going to die, but he deserves it because he's a creeper. But it turns out he's just trying to be helpful, but maybe he's misguided and not the best guy. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it was interesting because there's not anybody in that movie that you're truly like rooting for, except for, I would say you're rooting for Rose. She's pretty yeah. innocent in that, in the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Wait, Rose what? is the pregnant girl? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's kind of a, I don't know, like a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, a little bit. There's that one scene, especially, where she's kind of being an asshole to Cat. You know? Right. Um, that where, night, yeah, where Cat's like, you're supposed to look after me. Yeah. 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 And she's like, look, I think I might be pregnant. Like, I got bigger shit going on than some <laughs> fucking her... random girl. Like... Those are freshmen. Like, listen, freshmen, I'm not going to babysit you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, okay. Can I, tell you, can I tell you something that happened today at work? Yeah. Uh, one, yes. of our, one of our, like, our guidance counselors, I work at a, I'm a teacher at a school. Yeah. Um, one of her, I, I teach in an adult high school, and one of her students texted her a picture of, of a device that had, like, the two lines up on it, and, 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 and this coach was like, I am so sorry. I hope you feel better soon. Oh, they thought, was they thought it was a COVID and test? test. <laughs> and, and this counselor lady was like, man, I let that shit sit for like an hour and a half before I realized what it was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, then, and then did the person go out immediately and get a vasectomy? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> they just chop the You're balls like, right off. You need to do. Cut off, cut off the little Wilsons. <laughs> cut them all off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. They I, do look similar. They look, uh, yeah. When I, the COVID looks so much like, because when I, when I finally got COVID, I was like, I'm pregnant with COVID, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. Did you guys feel, did you guys feel like you were waiting for a jump scare in this movie that never came? Yeah. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. Yeah, there were a couple of times when it was like in the hallway and they were like partially open door and partially open door. I figured something yes. was going to come out of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, like where you can you can kind of tell that the character is kind of in that third of the screen, leaving that other two thirds for somebody yeah. to pop in and through a door, see a shadow or something. Yeah. It never happened. Yeah. And as I'm saying that, and now I'm realizing that had to have been extremely purposeful to also keep us going, what the f am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> um, and what is about to happen? Yeah. The only big, like, kind of, I kept calling it, like, the movie trailer uh, shot was when Rose found her in the boiler room and she was, like, bowing down. Yeah. Which I didn't know who it was. I didn't think that it was the young girl. Yeah. Um, it was such a quick shot that I was like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> but instead of rewind, I decided to just power on. Yeah, well, and I I thought it was one of the sisters. And this is another good example of, like, misdirection in this movie, where mm. she yeah. tells a story about Rose, mentions that the two sisters who are looking Worship over the devil. Them, yeah, or, like, worshipping the devil. So when we get that shot, I'm like, oh, it's one of the, you know, Miss Prescott or Mrs. Drake. But then... I think shortly thereafter, Rose is like, what were you doing in the basement? Or It's clarified shortly thereafter. But, oh, I think I missed that. But, I but, think I missed that. Okay, yeah, it's, it, it is clarified. But the movie, like, the movie does such a good job of, like, leading you to think one way. Especially, yes. especially if you have, like, knowledge of the genre, knowledge of horror, like, knowledge of what you should expect. And then mm-hmm. it's, like, actually going this other way. Like, I, I totally get why people love this movie. I think there's a lot to love about this movie. Yeah. You know, it's it's not in my top 10, but I like I get I get why you would love this movie, you know. Yeah. Um Yeah, but, I think the three actresses I think they definitely like appeal to like a certain age group at least back in 2015. 100%. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Like, like 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 yeah, just like pouty um, uh, just like normal teenager, they they they, they hit it right. Like the pouty, angsty teenager. Yeah, I really like that about the characters. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was great casting because it did yeah. cast them all with really similar vibes. I mean, the the one there was the brunette and then two blondes, but it was still enough to be like they are all so similar. No wonder we all believe they're part of the same timeline, etc., etc., etc. So I thought that was really really cool. Well, well, um, it, yeah. And, and the way, like, they really got you by naming it, you know, one girl Cat and another girl Joan, like, you you don't, it didn't occur to me that they're the same person. But then as soon as it's revealed, right. you're like, oh, they both have, like, blonde hair, dark mm-hmm. eyebrows. They, it's like, oh, yeah, I could, yeah, that's the same yeah. person. I could see well, that. The, the minute... The minute we, the minute the Dexter's dad said we lost our little girl nine years ago, I knew it. I was like, oh, this is her nine years later. Like, I get it. And yeah. so we're seeing a broken timeline. So I get, it got me on board. Um, cool. And it, it made me less afraid, which was nice. And it let me kind of enjoy the movie because I was like, oh, well, I know that she ends up murdered. And I know that it's got to be the girl yeah. who escapes the, the insane asylum, right? Yeah. My thing was, though, <laughs> my question was... How did she know that Rose's parents were gonna pick her up and be at that bus station? Well, I my my thought on this is that she doesn't. So here here's my thought is oh. is that Cat you know Cat gets arrested whatever she goes to this mental asylum she escapes and because there's that there's that heartbreaking scene which it it kind of subverts the possession genre because mm. when the priest comes and exercises the demon from Cat. <sighs> She says, she's like, no, please don't go. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave me. So it's the one thing I like about, like not being a huge fan of the possession genre, I do, subgenre maybe, I do like that Kat was almost a willing participant. She's so lonely. She is so, she's so desperate for some, like something else that Mm -hmm. that she wants the 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 attachment of this creature this demon whatever um yes i I think i just wanted a little more of that then right because we saw two images of the like the donnie darko bunny and (laughs) yeah yeah i thought the same thing yeah two images of donnie darko bunny and i was like 
I just needed a little more clue. I feel like, I guess I feel like like the director was trying, or the creator, whoever, you know, um, was trying to be a little too sly and a little too subtle. Yeah. And that when I was reading synopses, when I was reading, you know, thoughts and reviews, and because I love to do that after I watch a movie anyway, just to be yeah. like, what did yeah. people think that I didn't see or that I didn't think about? It occurred to me that I was like, I'm getting way more from these thoughts about the movie than I did from the movie itself. Yeah. And so to me, I was like, Oh, but I, I see that now, but I would have liked to have gotten it myself from like, I just wanted a little more specificity. It was like so vague in a lot of places. No, please, Brent. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Like what I got from one of the YouTube videos, the ending explained one was that like, and it's something they don't show much in, in possession movies. And that is like, the after afterward which we get a lot of like she's she's been exercised uh yeah yeah she's been exercised and then she has is at a loss like she wants it back yeah and so like she's not possessed when she murders the two parents yeah like she's wanting it back i didn't get that at all this is from a youtube video no seriously i I I didn't think about it either yeah. You're totally right. Like I did get a lot more just researching it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, yeah. Which well, and makes me go, "Why didn't I get this when I was watching it?" Yeah, well, right. and there's, and I, I totally agree with you. I think that if you, like, if you have to read stuff afterward, if it wasn't properly communicated in the movie, then it was a failure, right? But I, mm-hmm. but there's this, and again, it's such a small, tiny moment. But when he shows her the picture of Rose in the diner in the restaurant. And she like mm-hmm. giggles, she laughs, and goes to the bathroom. That to me, I th- I was like, oh, she's like she's laughing at this twist of fate, and she's like she's like, oh my god, these are the fucking parents of the girl I murdered. Yeah, and and it's it's very small, it's very subtle. Interesting. It's but 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 I did it, that moment at least to me communicated like, oh, she's like she's like you know, shocked at this, this twist of fate that she would come across the parents of the girl she mor- murdered nine years ago, you know? God damn it. You're going to make me spend $3.99. What did you say, Brent? There were no clues that she was like a psychotic murderer, like <laughs> upon leaving. No, like, they right, failed right. Poor girl. like she, she murdered <laughs> the first two people that she met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like not even- At the bus stop. You know, like, yeah. she bit these people at the bus stop. Yeah, like well, all these people will do. Wait a minute, I'm actually also connected from my past, from yeah, the possession part that happened. Well, well but that's, but that, but that's, that's even the weirder. Like, that's what's weirder to me is the guy is like this Christian. You get the feeling of religion, like uh, there are no coincidences. Everything is yeah. intentional. Everything is meant. You know, I don't, I don't think anything happens by coincidence. And I, like, you just feel like she's like, oh, you know. Oh yeah, this is a, this is serendipity, right? This is like meant yeah. to be. This is fate. Uh, and even in the things that he says, thinking about like the other, like oh, I meant to help you because of this like serendipity. I could you could see her taking it as like oh, I meant to murder you to yeah, get yeah. Now to, I have full permission. To, yeah. yeah, like to get this demon back. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, and she even like as she kills them to what you said Brent like she's no longer possessed so even after she murders them she like vomits in the car a little bit yeah <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> she's like <laughs> oh gross and she, yeah. and the she murders them right she takes yes. them, she yeah, brings um, them to the school yeah. she brings them to the boiler room 
and the, the furnace is off. Yeah. yeah, let's see, let's see. Um, can I read you my series of notes in, around this? Like, Please, <laughs> yeah. please do, yeah. Around yeah. this, this yeah. part of the movie. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, she's worshipping around their three heads. The grossest tea party. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Stabbing the parents for no reason that she's been... She's just been lying dormant for nine years. How did she know they were going to pick her up? Oh, all caps. Oh, she's keeping the heads. Okay. <laughs> I love it. That's the perfect commentary. <laughs> In like a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, suitcase. that's about the time in the movie where I was like, I was like, oh, I, I was like, I don't know that I did not intentionally sign Claire up for something that's so like. <laughs> there was so much stabbing and the sounds of the stabbing and like yeah. the force of them. I was like, ew, this is a lot of stabbing. I wrote a lot. I, okay. Lots of gross stabbing. I wrote lots of gross stabbing. Horrible stabbing. Lots of stabbing. But wait, can I clarify something? Did, she ended up not being pregnant, right? Or Correct. She, Correct. Yeah. She got. She did get her period at the end. Yeah. Okay. Which, okay. which again was yeah. another very subtle. She just like she goes to the bathroom, she wipes, she looks down, and there's this moment of that's that's one of the things I do love about this movie is how they never like they never explicitly say she's pregnant. They never explicitly right. say she's going for an abortion. They never right. explicitly say she's not pregnant, but it's all communicated through. Uh, it's very subtle. I do appreciate that, you know? Like, yeah. Another thing I thought about that was that may not have been in the, you know, in the mind's eye of the director or the creator or the writer when this happened, but um, I made a note about it being a, a, a weird gender deconstruction of like a real male serial killer's MO in that thinking about there are there are real people out there who commit these kinds of crimes and they kind of pulled no punches with like the, there, there were no, there was no big music that wasn't stylized. I mean, it was just like sounds of someone just dying silently with a knife. Right. And yeah. so the, it felt very, very real um, and, and not glamorized at all. And so it was like the fact that it's a woman on screen doing this without that emotion, with that kind of disconnected, you know, um, psychopathic or um, sociopathic vibe. I got really in my head about like the, like the gendered feeling of the movie and that it's these three leading players and really just these two leading players, but like how seeing a woman do that made it feel a little bit, this is maybe not the right word, but I wrote the word hokey because I, it's like, it's like this, it, it just really made me really think about like real serial killers who are almost always men, yeah. right? Who commit yeah. these crimes because of whatever is going on within their brains because of some horrible sickness in their brains and evil and whatnot. Um, and seeing a, a young woman do the same kind of like not glamorized killing made me go like why does this feel so weird to me why is this making me go okay enough instead of like, if it were a guy doing it i would be like right. Did it, was, people, was right? it was, human beings like yeah, it's so right. weird 
did it feel like unbelievable? Was it like too much for your suspension su- suspension of disbelief? The- yes, I think it was. I think okay. it was too much for my suspension of disbelief. Be- but, and which is also then why the why the demon possession felt like a cop out too to be, to kind of explain it all away. Yeah, like that a woman Ooh. would never yeah. truly do this unless she was <laughs> except possessed for by a demon. <laughs> right, except for what. A, a demon. <laughs> Except for who calls her on a phone. A demon who calls. Her. <laughs> it's like kill a demon. A demon with a great phone plan. Like <laughs> yeah. Has a phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the early nineties, maybe. <laughs> um, that's actually an amazing. Point. Yeah. He's not. Gonna, he won't. He doesn't write. I say he. It. It's a bunny. It's a bunny demon. It doesn't write in the mist on the mirror yeah, no. in the bathroom. It, you know, it, it calls, doesn't write in blood. It calls. It could have been a phone. voice in her head. It calls you on the payphone. <laughs> I will say, I made a note. There are telephones everywhere in that movie. There yeah, are telephones yeah. all over the movie. Yeah. Yeah. People are making calls left and right. Yep. Well, and I, and I was thinking, I was like, I was like, have. I was like, was has it was it only seven or eight years ago that landlines were so ubiquitous that they were, you know? Because I feel like nowadays, like yeah. a, a landline is like, where do you even find one? Where do you That's find? That's also a, super true. What year was it? Because all, That's those, the thing all, I was gonna mention. all the handsets were like yeah. from the eighties, like those big yeah. bells, yeah. instead of like a sleek sort of or a, even a fucking cordless phone. Every phone was corded. Yeah. <gasps> That's a common. That's one of those tropes you were you were wondering about. That's a common trope in horror movies to get the get the viewer to not know the the time. Yeah. Really? We've uh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, we've yeah, talked yeah, about that before. We've been yeah. doing this for over a year, right? Yeah. So like we've been doing this every week, and yeah. that's something that comes up a lot. Is that like, oh, it makes it more eerie when you're not exactly sure what time of I what like year that. It is yeah. in the movie. Yeah, and now that I think about it, like even the car that Dexter's dad was driving was like, yeah, sort of just like a giant sedan. Like it did not; it was not a yeah. modern car. And to what? make it to make it like a Catholic school or whatever it was is yeah. perfect. That is dated anyway. Yeah. And the kids were this were to this day, yeah. and they're constantly in a time warp of like. I mean, every old Catholic school still has like the building still looks like it was when it was built and then renovated yeah. in 1965. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, and I haven't thought about that. Well, and I, I think yeah, maybe, I, can t- I can tell you some movies like that as well that you might like. Well, I, I think one of the first I, times we, we talked about this, Brent, was a movie called It Follows. Yeah. Where, oh. where, and like the weird reader. Yeah, like well, and, and it, it could, yeah, like some of the technology was like uh, 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 anachronistic, and some of it was like futuristic. Where the movie could have taken place anytime between like 1980 and like night or and like 2030, and you really yeah. have, and, and, and you really, you would like that movie too a lot. Yeah, it but, follows. It follows. Okay. Yeah. Imagine right. like if if you were. I've heard of it. So, so if if you had like a like a almost like a old lady Terminator following you, wanting to wanting to kill you, right? And I'm serious, like a slow, slow something that never stops, right? Yeah. And it, it follows you. It follows you until you have sex with somebody. And when you have sex with that person, it then follows that next person. Yeah. Oh, is that a real movie? Yeah. That's yeah. The movie yeah it's it pretty good. It's really it follows, good. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty solid a, movie. It was a pretty 
dumb explanation I just gave, but it's it's a lot better than what I just said. <laughs> it was better than Corey trying to explain Mastodon to me. Okay, <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> you know one thing. One thing I will say for Mastodon. It's, it's earlier. Every week, Claire, every week he was fucking talking about Mastodon. And I was like, this, God damn it, this is the no first time I've no ever mentioned Mastodon. <laughs> I'm way more likely to watch It Follows than to join Mastodon. So that's, <laughs> that's good. That's as it should be. As it should be. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, oh, no. I'm trying to see what other notes I made from well, uh, from the from the show. There yeah. are telephones everywhere. The the truly first creepy moment, not just like eerie atmosphere moment in the whole movie, but the first one where I was like, Ooh, "What is going on here?" Was when she was in the bathroom and she heard the voice coming up through the register. Yeah, yeah, so that to me was truly creepy. And I wonder if it's because now we like now we have to go see the source of it, and so but. That yeah. felt a little more kind of typical horror to me, so I was I was truly creeped out because I thought about myself like in those dorms when I was in high school or college or in like an old ass bathroom, yeah, that, with registers and shit, and like thinking about a voice coming up there, being by yourself. I would run screaming. I mean, it would be yeah. horrible. No, I'm well, not brave. And, and I during that same scene, Claire, I had a thought of uh, and registers. What else are they called? Uh, uh, Brent, do you? Like, there's a there's another register. Okay. There's another word for that kind of um a radiator? Radiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That, that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I would like as I was watching that scene, I was wondering, I was like, and this is uh, I don't know, but I was like, did the <laughs> did the writer write the scene where she's hearing voices from a radiator and then they had to like frame the scene and dress it up so that there was a radiator? Or did the writer in the screenplay, was she just hearing voices and then they got on set and the director was like, you know where these voices could be coming from? The radiator that's the over radiator. against the wall. So I don't, it's just a dumb little thing, but I was like, wh which came first? Was it in the screenplay or was it the director? Like, was it them making use of the environment? You know? Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I would hope that it's, I would hope that it was written in mind yeah with, because they you know a lot of a lot of filmmakers especially if they don't have like a huge huge name um they would they write from like the school of available resources right so like this person going like what do i have available to me what locations could i use Ooh, i know this one guy who i worked with this one time and i could probably get that school that would be rad because it's old as fuck and like right. outdated yeah. I yeah. bet. I mean, that's what I imagine. Like, as a person who kind of, it, it kind of creates sometimes like that, I think about yeah. Yeah. what do I have at my disposal that would be a creepy ass moment. And so that well, would, I mean, I would true. hope that would be well, what they. And especially, idea, yeah. especially because she goes to the basement after that, it makes sense yeah. that the voices would be coming up through the radiator. Yeah, because that's where she's down there worshiping. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but this, uh, but it, we we talked about James Remar and and Lauren Holly earlier. I also want to mention that the uh, the director Osgood Perkins is the son of Anthony Perkins, who was the the main guy in Psycho, right? In Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I also, and you know who else he is? Who I and oh my god, now this all makes sense. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen Legally Blonde? A, he's the guy who a, a long he's time the guy ago. Who plays, he plays the big nerdy guy, David, who, like, can't get a date. 
oh, who's really? like, um, he's kind of like weird and awkward and kind of giant oversized man. Okay. He looks like Anthony Perkins in the face. Oh, that's... I love when things come together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's him. And then, so I thought that was worth noting. And then also the Joan character, uh, Emma Roberts, who is Eric Roberts' daughter, right? Julia Roberts' Julia niece. Julia Roberts' niece. Yeah. Yes. Who she's been in. I, I mostly know her from... Uh, we're the Millers, with um, mm-hmm. who is in that? Jennifer Aniston, I think, and yes, Jason Sudeikis, and, maybe. No, the other one. The, the other, other one, guy, not Jason. Um, I get them confused. Ed, 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 what's his face? Ed something. Yeah. Wait, no, it is Jason Sudeikis. Is it Jason Sudeikis? Think, yes, yes. I'm thinking, Helms, I bet. I'm thinking of Ed Helms. Yes, yes. <laughs> I do get them confused. I do get them confused. Um, they play kind of the same guys. <laughs> But uh, but then and then also uh, Scream Four. She was in Scream Four. She was like one of the main characters in Scream Four. And I I I'm a big fan. I love the Scream franchise. Like yeah, uh, I've, I've only seen the first. I think I've seen the first three. I have definitely three. seen one and two a lot. It was like one of our. When I was an undergrad, we watched it. We watched Scream One a lot. Just it just happened to be. Yeah. It, it, it hit our little funny bone and horror bone, horror bone in the right way. Yeah. And I remember very vividly seeing Scream in the theaters when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, and I was not a scary movie person, and I went to see it in the theater. And I remember watching it with my friend Rebecca's Letterman coat, Letterman jacket over my face because I remember like the visceral memory of like breathing so hard and fogging up my glasses because I was breathing into this like vinyl sleeve yeah. and it was terrifying and yeah. so fun right yeah. I mean I think that yeah. that movie in and of itself did so much for like ushering in a whole new yeah, they wave changed the game. yeah yeah yep. well yeah. And, and I, I, game, I think I that was the intent yeah. of it was to be a somewhat yeah. of a, a, a critique of horror movies up to that point and then also like a stepping off point for for what would come after, you know. But uh. yeah, yeah, because I'm, I, I mean, I I've been lost touch with the <laughs> horror genre. I've seen the he- some heavy hitters, uh-huh. uh, but I'm just it's not something that is in my wheelhouse at all. So it was really fun to. It yeah. it, it also well, it me follows like, movie was about as scary as this one we watched. Okay. If, and and maybe okay. maybe a little bit less because I don't know if it has yeah. quite the visceral like stabbing. If if yeah. if anything, uh, Claire, I think it would be a little bit easier to digest than this one because because okay. there were points yeah. in this movie where I was like, oh, that might be a little bit rough. <laughs> yeah, but like that. I mean, that stuff. Like while I'm not a huge gore fan, um, it was as long as it didn't startle me. Yeah. I was okay, and yeah. I could just kind of absorb it and go, okay, it's happening, that's fine. Um, I can separate myself and recognize that it's not real. Uh, but at the same time, I was really taken by how often, like, once they broke the seal, they were like, we're stabbing fucking everybody, and we're going to show it all, and we're going to show it multiple times at different angles. She's going to keep yeah. on stabbing, even though this person is already laying down. Was um, a great, they, they chose a great location with that, where they could pan the camera. And not show the gore on the floor yeah. at first, yeah. and just see the people like running in the yard, like from from building to building. You what? That? Sure. After killed <laughs> and killed like the Satanist, the, the supposed Satanist like workers. The yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the floor in the, the living room of that of that house. Oh yeah, yes. And there's like a tripod and a camera that's like 
panning across these great, beautiful windows. Yes. As like the cops That's... are like going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. because then the like yeah, because the priest comes in and discovers them, and you yeah, and and you the... get to see the reveal yeah. of what all that looked like. Yeah. yeah. And the cop and and I love and again like this this movie like planting seeds early on that pay off later. There very early on there's that you know Joan is having those flashbacks of and it's just a very quick shot of a cop firing a shotgun. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. what is that? And then as she's in the bathroom with, uh, you know, she's just like stripped down to her bra. There, it, there's like a little bullet wound on her shoulder. Um, yeah. And then later on, you're like, oh, then it all comes together. When you re- when you when the little girl cat is like, hail Satan, hail Satan. Which, which to me I thought was a little much. It's a little, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's a little much. I, I laughed too. It was like, we get it. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Like the like she went, hail Satan with arms on everything. I was like, yeah. okay, we know. Like right. that seemed like a poser it's, move. Like I don't think you'd really say totally. that. Totally. Yeah. You, you know, and well, and especially especially because the movie has been so subtle up till that point, and yes. the, and then you've and got a little. And then you've got a girl, little girl like, Hail Satan! Hail Satan! It's like, wait, like a Megadeth concert? Like, <laughs> with, like, give a shit. Heads, with these heads and stuff, and you're like, when did this... Wait a minute. Back it up. <laughs> if she said Hail Satan as she was slowly raising two heads up, that would be fucking cool. Yeah. But... Yeah, or just like a slow, like a slow raise and then like a whisper. Yeah. But as it was, she was like, hey, everybody, welcome. <laughs> What's up? What's up, cop? Hail Satan! it clear there are like it's never said that james remar's character is a preacher or any like but there are there are a few shots where he's he's wearing like a dark he's wearing like a white undershirt and Mm -hmm. a dark shirt on top of it and it Mm -hmm. looks like the the little like a collar like the clergyman's collar with a little bit of white in front Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's yeah again it's like never explicitly Nothing is explicitly stated, but there were times in this movie where I was like, wait a minute, why does he kind of look like a priest? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and maybe that's to paint a picture of like that age of man, because there were really only without being the mom character that Lauren Holly, that was honestly, what a weird gig to take. That's such a throwaway role. (laughs) But like it was pretty much these like three older dudes. Yeah. Fuck. Wait a minute. Three older dudes. 
three younger women. And there were three middle-aged women. It was the Lauren Holly and the two nuns. <gasps> three, three, three. <laughs> Double what? that, and that's six, 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 it's... bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, and the Holy Trinity, right? We got the Father, the Son, the we Holy got Ghost. It all. <laughs> oh wait, now it's now we're into like three, three, three times. That's that's too many. That's too many. Um, that's not going to work for my, for oh, my so, okay, okay. No, never mind. Scrap that. <laughs> Scratch that. Yeah, yeah, that theory doesn't work because I need this to work out for six, six, six. So thank you, but try again. Um, yeah, there was that. Oh, there was another thought I had about that. Oh, you know how we say in comedy, you're familiar, um, that things happen in threes to be the ultimate payoff, right? Yeah. You know what I? You know what I noticed? that happened in twos and it frustrated me that it didn't happen in threes. It was two catchphrases that were in the movie that I was like, Oh, that's going to be a catchphrase. <laughs> they only said them twice. Number one was when that, when the principal said sound good, he, he asked like two times. Okay. As in like, get on board with my catchphrase. Sound good. Right. And then the other one <laughs> was when cat told Rose, you smell pretty. <gasps> Okay, I did notice she that. She said it twice. I was only twice. I didn't I realize like, it, but I, I was expecting another. I yeah. Even actually, when she was murdering the parents, I almost expected her to say it to the mom or something. Uh, something yeah. to tie it in. Yeah. Because with just two, yeah. it doesn't. It sounds like bad writing. Yeah. With three, it sounds like a catchphrase. Yeah. And with both of those phrases, I was like, <laughs> "Why are these? Where are these coming from?" I mean. <laughs> It would also been be like perf and fuck. Maybe that's his way of subverting the genre, right? And being like, "Don't expect shit," because <laughs> I'm gonna write a movie that makes you not expect shit. Because also, when she killed somebody else, she would probably I would I would love her to be like, "Sound good." <laughs> <laughs> well, that that almost sounds like David S. Pumpkins to go back to Tom <laughs> Hanks, like he murders somebody. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> yes, several. Yes, several. <laughs> Did you see they brought him back? I did. Like, David, you like I David did see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Do you like David S. Pumpkins? I think, it's, I think it's hysterical. Way to bring Tom Hanks back into it. You're David. Hey, they got your little David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Just snip off. Snip off those little pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did it. I think we self podcasting. <laughs> I think we got it. Yeah. the david s pumpkins portion of it is its own like crazy ridiculous thing but every line spoken by yes oh who are the, the skeletons what's that yeah. it's the 
skeletons. It's skeletons. Well, not, not even a skeleton. The two people on the ride where he's like, he's oh, like, he's yes. like, I'm so in the weeds with David Pumpkins. I'm like, he's really like, what? Yeah, he's like, why did you go all in on David Pumpkins? Like, those lines are just yeah, so. Yes. I, I, they're so good. Yeah. They're so funny to me. Mikey Day is a master of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's really, that it's really good. Right. <laughs> Where's like any questions? Yes, yes, several. Several. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, yeah. and the skeletons are just part of right. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I want to ask you guys before we get going. Was there anything else in the movie you want to talk about? Anything we missed? Before we jump into head cannons here, mm, mm, mm. I'm tr- I'm checking my notes because now okay. I don't remember anything. <laughs> oh, at one point Cam went to the bathroom, came back, and said, "What did I miss?" And I said, "I don't know. Some people are dead in the house." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of stabbing. Oh, she's worshiping the three heads. Great. Oh. I also wrote um, an alternate title for the film, which is Storm Demon. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have gotten an entirely other uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. group to watch. Yeah, Dorm Demon, I feel like, is a Dorm movie that would, that would also be <laughs> successful. Yeah. I also read that there is an alternate title for this film, and it is February. Yes, I read that too. Yeah. Really? That would, that, that, they ended up going with the Black Coat's Daughter, but that they also were going to call it February. Which I thought yeah. was interesting. interesting. I think the Black Coat's Daughter's better. better. It is. Yeah. 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 What What was the last movie? One of the most recent movies. Oh, Barbarian. We recently did yeah. the 2020 Barbarian. Oh, we did. I did. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's one of the scariest movies I've seen. <laughs> that movie was I fucked hate up. It. I hated it so much. <laughs> Well, that that was another one where like the title the title of that movie was just like a placeholder from the yeah. begin, and then it just kind of stayed throughout. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> well, for like a week, for like a week after Cameron would say like "mama," like <laughs> dude, <laughs> when she boops like, him on the nose, away. she's like "boop." Yeah, <laughs> I I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's such a it was such a weird movie. It was yeah. Isn't it great when, when when he's like measuring out like the the, the torture porn like 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 room and like he doesn't even notice oh, there's yeah. like a tripod. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Fucking like, ob- yeah. oblivious yeah. Justin Long. <laughs> Next week we're talking about 1984's Children of the Corn. So be sure to check that out. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon on Instagram at headcanonpod, on Twitter at horrormoviepod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash horrormoviepod. Well, do y'all have yeah. a headcanon you want to dive into, or do you want me to go first? Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> so my headcanon... Oh, I'll go, I'll go, go. first, because it's going to be yeah, the first one. I want to hear yours, Claire. Because everything in this movie is so, like subtle and because I, I was watching it and every you know as I said everything felt like a hint like a subtle hint you yeah. know that I was like oh grab onto that that's going to mean something later in in this universe of this uh, of this movie in this world um, the the one McDonald's uh, in town uh, the one McDonald's in the town where the school is a very small town the one McDonald's they still sell pizza <laughs> <laughs> and like 
somebody stops and gets pizza at the McDonald's. Remember when McDonald's sold pizza? Like, I, I said, I've you heard, don't? I've heard of this. I, I don't remember it personally, but I've heard of this. Oh, my God. And they had, they had spaghetti at some point? Well, that's in different countries, I think. But oh, okay. When I grew up, I grew up with a, at a Test McDonald's in my tiny town, a Test McDonald's. And they would roll out new things. And for, like, a good, like, six months in, like, 1989, they sold pizza. And oh, okay. it was... Not good, but it was very popular because it was McDonald's, right? So to me, it's like the I I randomly came up with that because it's the weirdest little like, like maybe it's just a something that if if it's out of time and space, like we were talking about, <laughs> to have this McDonald's that sells pizza. <laughs> no, it it was so short lived, and they you know McDonald's was like, why are we fucking yeah, doing this? Right. Um. So somebody were like, we would we were to see like a sign or something like on the marquee of the McDonald's, you know, saying like you know where it usually says like McRib is back, it right? Would say like pizza is pizza back, is or back. like that. Pizza. That would make me go, wait, what? I have to rewind it and pause it. So in that's yeah. that's that's that universe where oh. pizza is still sold at that McDonald's. And, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I love it's that. Very meta because you're, now you're talking like you're saying words like rewind. Yeah. So now people are gonna be like, it's. I'm streaming what? this podcast, but yet they're talking like about VHS. Yeah, right. you can rewind it. I watched this on. Did you guys not watch this on your VCR? <laughs> or yeah, they'll be like, "What is? Wait, what is rewind? What does that even I mean?" Some, I somehow got a tape of this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, y'all didn't watch this on Betamax. <laughs> I watched it on one of those tiny 13-inch TVs with the VCR included in the television that you yeah. had, like. Yeah, I watched. I watched I, I took, so I took many. The DVD out of. Uh, uh, I took the DVD out of the personal carrier, like the one that has all of the information about the vasectomy, and then yeah. I put this one in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yep. where, where they, they just they just cut off the little McPizzas. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, oh, my pepperonis. Good for six months only. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's uh, Britt? Do you have your head cannon, or do you want me to go? I can go. Okay, sure. So I was thinking about like, the whole like the whole like mood of this movie, you know, and like <laughs> what it's like to be a teenager in this situation that they're in in the beginning, right? Like, yeah. so I would think that to a teenager, this would be the worst winter break ever, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that, like, the whole movie, it reminds me of like what would happen. If like Harry Potter lost, you know, okay. If Harry Potter lost at the end, like yeah. the magic is gone at Hogwarts, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, like the the fourth years are getting knocked up, right? <laughs> like, like uh, yeah, Kieran Shipka, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, Kieran Shipka, she looks like Granger with seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not careful, someone will like. Avada Kedavra, your head off. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I love this. Risk. I, I, I love risk. this as like the dark Harry Potter. That's awesome. It's the dark Harry Potter. <laughs> I love school it. school is going under. <laughs> yeah, I love the vague break. They, like, everybody's going to have a great break. And I'm like, most, I mean, is this Christmas break? Is this Thanksgiving break? And they're a religious school. Right. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, and it's in Feb. It's in February, right? She's like crossing That's dates off point. in February. So it's like. Yeah, and it's mom and dad here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like, yeah, what break is this? Yeah. I don't know, yeah. but have yeah. a great break. That, that, I, that awesome. whole time I was like... going to do Christmas break. Yeah, we yeah. do February break. Boom. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Well, my, my headcanon, it's, it's pretty short and sweet. It's just that 
you know, the movie takes place and the demon inhabits her and then the demon gets exercised and she comes back later. And, and I feel like anytime she murders somebody, the demon can feel that calling, right? She's like trying to summon the demon back. But then you've got a demon just like in a bar sipping whiskey and he feels her like murder somebody else, cut their head off. And he's like, oh, God, fuck, leave, you know, leave me a lot. Like, look, we, we dated for a little while. It was fun. We had our fun. But like, you know, she's, the demon is just like, come on, I'm trying to move on, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hail me. It's fine. <laughs> Like I am not interested anymore. Like she's right. a stalker. Yeah. yeah. Like she's, do you, she's so obsessed. Yeah. Do you do you know how many hail Satans I get in a day? Come on. You know. Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> the people who are doing it ironically. <laughs> right. I've got all these satiric satirical hell Satans. <laughs> They're not even real followers. Well, I think uh, we should wrap up here. I got to go make dinner for my family. But Claire, is there anything? Do you want to point people toward any social media or where can they find you? Do you have something to plug? Nothing, you know, anything do at all. Do people need to find me? Oh, my yeah. God. You, you, you have, you, you have the, you, you know have the. You're like them, Claire. You're like the Batman of the sexy world. Yeah. You have, you have the. Like, like discs. You're pulling discs of yoga mats at people. If your boundaries are getting crossed, you yeah. just. You call me. I mean, you you've got the the unfettered attention of like fifteen to eighteen people right now. So, all right, I want to talk specifically to three of you. (laughs) I have a website that is clairewiltrick.com. You can also find me on social media on the Instagrams uh, at the same name. Wow, there you go. Nobody needs to know what I'm doing. I'm an asshole. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. Uh, as always, it's good to talk to you. It's been too fucking long. So. It has been too long. Uh, Let's Santa Pete soon, okay? Sa- oh, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely again. Santa Pete. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank Bye, you, guys. everyone. Thank you, everyone at home, for listening. This has been Head Cannon. <laughs> <laughs>